doing it. And good morning on our podcast at Word at the Ranch. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast each week. We love you guys and bless you guys. Amen, amen. Everyone have a good week. <laughs> All right, goody. Happy Saturday, everybody. Amen. God is so good. Say it with me. We're taking back our nation. We're taking back our nation. Say it with me. We're working hand in hand with God to do it. And we'll wait patiently on Him. We'll do what He says to do, go where He says to go, and wait when He says to wait. So thank you, Father, for restoring this nation from the ground up. We give you praises for every available voice who will speak truth in these last days to defeat lies, to defeat death and the law of sin and death with the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So thank you for raising up voices in these last days who will speak truth, nothing but the truth, so help them God. And thank you for placing them in places of leadership, like your word says, making us the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. We give you praises for that blessing covenant, and we expect you to do it in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Hey, happy, happy Saturday again. Thank you, Arthur. Beautiful as always. Thank you, Clarissa. Beautiful as always. Joey, I heard your voice too. Beautiful as always. I know everybody's got a voice here. God is in the music business. And I found out in Isaiah that God sings. When I saw that, I started singing more. I don't know about you. But God sings, and it's a blessing to, to sing. You know, all the Psalms, 150 of them are songs. God sings. And hes I, I believe he's a good singer. How about you? You take the best voice you've ever heard and you can attribute it to God. So he's got a good voice. <laughs> Amen forever. Well, I woke up with 1 Timothy today, so let's just go there. 1 Timothy today. And this Timothy's really on church order. It's Paul the Apostle to his young Padawan preacher, who's about 40 <laughs> years old when he starts the church at Ephesus, Timothy. Um, he says in, in here, let no man despise your youth. So, according to God, 40 is still youth. <laughs> Amen. Which means uh, 60 is just later youth. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so God's on a different timetable than us, yeah, that's yeah, for yeah. sure. Peter says a thousand years is as a day with the Lord, yeah, and a day is with a thousand years. So if you have uh, loved ones who went to heaven, uh, say 1950, 1960, 70, they've really only been gone two minutes in God's eyes. Isn't that amazing? So that's, that's how God thinks. That's in eternity. That's his perspective. We're just kind of ruled by earth time down here. We've been so conditioned to it, you know. But a thousand years is as a day, and a day is a thousand years. That means Jesus died over 2,000 years ago. Let's just say 2021. Um, that's like two days in God's eyes. So when he says it's the end of days 2,000 years ago, his timetable is a little different than ours, huh? <laughs> He's an eternal being and so are we. So the more we can renew our mind to his time, it'll just give us a lot more peace down here. And we can just wait forever if we have to. Really, we can wait forever because we are seated with him in heavenly places where time is different. Amen. <laughs> Paul says, don't be earthly minded, but be spiritually minded. For sp to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. So we're in a good time. 
Because we've been redeemed. We've been placed into him, his timetable. Amen, amen. And I made a mistake on our last uh, service. September isn't the first month according to the Jewish calendar. It's actually uh, March through April. And that's when we celebrate Easter, New Life, the Resurrection. So that really makes sense to me. And then with spring springing in March and April. So March to April is really the first month in Nissan in the Jewish calendar. So, But I'm experiencing like the first month on Joel 2 right now because I believe it. So uh, it's working for me. I don't know about you. This October, oof, we got a busy October ahead of us. This will be the busiest month in our business since we started in 2015 when we started the, the ministry and the private chef business. So God's faithful. Amen. I was out for three weeks with COVID, and this is our first week back here. Um, I'm safe now. <laughs> I made sure I canceled all my clients for three weeks and uh, just made sure, you know, I wasn't really around anyone. Played by the rules, if you will. Because um, I love others. I have a healing ministry, so to minister sickness to someone ain't my thing. <laughs> Amen. So I made sure I'm, I'm healthy and well without symptoms, symptom-free, and all better to even come back here. Praise God forevermore. So God is faithful, and uh, God sees us through. And I'm telling you, through those three weeks when I was just out of it, confused, that's a nasty virus, I'll be honest. <laughs> you got to listen to the Holy Ghost, stay protected under the shadow and the wings of the Almighty. But I went through and I have antibodies, so they'll probably be listing me on Amazon on the black market to uh, sell my blood somewhere. So praise God for everyone. <laughs> Get to make some money through. <laughs> just kidding. Anyways, uh, go with me to 1 Timothy. Praise Jesus forevermore. But God was faithful during those three weeks. I had requests coming in from clients all over the place. It was an onslaught. And I was just trying to respond. I mean, I was so out of it, I couldn't even respond to most of them. And then I got my strength back and my bearing back after a couple of weeks and started emailing again and then just set them all up. And God was faithful. Three weeks off and paid every bill and even brought more in. So he's just so good. Hey, man, he's good all the time. You can't outgive God. I was texting money to people, sowing seed during that time. If I'm not moving somehow, I'm going to be sowing seed somewhere and keep the kingdom moving. Amen? Let my money work for me. How about you? It's a blessed, it's a blessed assurance and a blessed thing to know that if you can't physically work, you can give and have someone else go before you and do the work for you. Amen? And partner with those you're supposed to partner with. So 1 Timothy... 1 Timothy, where you want us to begin here, Lord? And this is really the um, church order, like he's saying here in Timothy, to Timothy, to set up the church at Ephesus. So this is sound doctrine for any church, and uh, it, it should be preached in every church, uh, for sure, the book of Timothy. So this is a book to a pastor from an apostle. What a great, what a great blessing we have in First and Second Timothy here. And then the book of Titus as well. Um, but First and Second Timothy, we'll start in First Timothy chapter three, verse one. How's that? And this is qualification of overseers. This is a faithful saying. It's faithful, not doubtful. Faithful. If a man desires the position of a bishop, where bishop can be translated actually usher, into New Testament terms, bishops and deacons, ushers and overseers, administrators. So this is not a like a pastor position of bishop. This is really um, referring to a, a usher or in the ministry of helps and an administrator, which is also in the ministry of helps. So praise God for that. He desires a good work. If you desire that position, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, like I threw that in there, one wife, 
<laughs> Why do you throw that in? Well, Greece, false gods, you know, all that. Uh, speaking to a different people group at a different time, right? The husband of one wife. <laughs> Make sure that's in there. Temperate, sober-minder, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. So ushers ought to be able to teach. Administrators ought to be able to teach. Not given to wine. Don't let wine have you or let anything have you. Coffee for that matter either. Not violent. Not greedy for money. But gentle. Not quarrelsome. Not covetous. One who rules his own house well. Having his children in submission with all reverence. I'm working on that. With all reverence. Submission and reverence. I know I'm a fun dad, but am I, uh, you know, am I getting this? <laughs> Submission and reverence. I believe they respect us. I believe they respect me. How about you? Is that a good? We're good there? Okay, good. <laughs> Having his children in submission. Submit to me. <laughs> the land of lost. Obey me, Chaka. <laughs> I am your master. <laughs> this is a lot easier for a husband to rule his house in submission with his children in submission when he's fully submitted to the Lord and overlord of his life. I made Jesus the head of my house a long time ago, so I ain't ever going to sweat a bill. He's the head of my house. Amen? He takes good care of his family. Better than I can, so I'll just leave him in charge and do what he says and submit to him, and then my children will submit to me if I, if I follow that order. They'll submit a lot easier when I'm walking in love submitting to him. Amen? As my overlord and overseer, my good shepherd. So he says, his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how, so you ought to know how, there's instructions in the word to rule and reign. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? So that is a prerequisite for pastors, bishops, overseers, anyone in a position of leadership in the church ought to know how to rule his own house well. Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he falls into the same condemnation as the devil. Get that? The devil is forever condemned, and he'll always try to condemn you because he's condemned. That's why you need to know you're the permanent righteousness of God in Christ, no matter what his attacks are. He's trying to rub himself off on you. No, I'm not going to become like the devil and fall with pride and fall into his condemnation, which is damnation and hell for eternity. I don't want to follow him. So praise God, that's how he fell, was through pride. The wisest, richest man, King Solomon, said, First comes pride, then the fall. There's a great book, uh, Why the Mighty Fall. And um, there's, there's a list of reasons, statistically, if you track history, that you can point out why men and women fall uh, from positions of leadership. And they're always the same. Good book, Why the Mighty Fall. Um, not a novice, unless being puffed up with pride. Pride's one of them. He fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside. Where he used to work, or where his job is, or uh, people he knows, friends, neighbors. You ought to have a good testimony, he says, with those who are outside. These are qualifications of leadership in the church. God's pretty strict. He's got marching orders. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. People talking bad about him, he's not trustworthy, he doesn't do what he says. Falling into the snare of the devil. Reproach. Verse 8, qualifications of deacons. 
Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine. <laughs> I won't go into that. It's in the Bible. I mean, the qualification for a bishop is not given to wine, but the qualification for a deacon is not given to much wine. Hey, study that out for yourself, amen? But it's right here in print. Not greedy for money. Not greedy for money. Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. I don't know about you, but I don't want to take anything that could ever make me stumble, fall, or trip up in, in purity, in honor, and in word, and in sound doctrine. So that's why I don't drink. Amen. And then these three weeks I stopped drinking coffee, and part of the reason I was probably so out of it was that I was having three coffees a day from Panera through my prescription. <laughs> Subscription. Prescription. That's so bad. Subscription. Panera. And... Uh, so, you know, after the absence of caffeine three times a day, um, <laughs> no wonder I was so out of it. Probably wasn't COVID, it was probably just withdrawal, you know? Being cleansed and purged from a minor coffee addiction. <laughs> so Paul says, just cast these things off which so easily beset us, all those little weights and hindrances. If coffee is a hindrance, just go cold turkey. And if you can't quit on your own, just take it to communion with God. That's what Kenneth Copeland did over 40 years ago. He took coffee and sugar. And during his morning communion, he said, I have no need of you ever again. And gave him to the Lord. Hasn't touched coffee or sugar for over 40 years. Isn't that amazing? During his communion. Just cast off those restraints, amen, that, are, that may be holding you back. Because Judges says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Those little things that are habitual habits can end up ruining your life. <laughs> Amen? So those are the things to cast off and, and go with the Lord. He'll purge you, cleanse you. Amen? I had a coffee today. I'm back. <laughs> but I ain't having three today. <laughs> and now I'm over it. It ain't over me. Amen? Yeah. Amen? I don't need coffee to live and preach and move and get energy. It's actually a diuretic, so it takes you up and down. Where, you know, if you work for UPS or FedEx, they tell you don't drink coffee on the job. It's a diuretic. We don't want you passing out dehydrated because it sucks moisture out of your body. So you have to drink at least eight cups of water a day if you drink coffee. Amen. For your kidneys, for your liver, to stay healthy. Amen. And let's get back to the qualifications of deacons. <laughs> Not given to much coffee. <laughs> Not given to much wine nor greedy for money. Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. Nothing that would contaminate their thought life. But let these also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. God's in the trying business, have you noticed? Amen. James 1 talks about trying. That word temptation is literally trying in James 1. God tries and tests and to perfect, cleanse and purify us. But let these also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons, being found to have a good life and blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, put that in there again, ruling their children and their own house as well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Well, didn't Stephen obtain that? And the, and the apostles who were called to serve tables, seven of them? They obtained great boldness in the faith and started preaching while they were serving. Amen? 
so that they were qualified as deacons. And they obtained for themselves, this is your promise as you serve well, you obtain for yourself a good standing and develop great boldness in the faith as you serve God, where you're supposed to serve, which is in Christ Jesus. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. This is in the church. How you ought to conduct yourself in church. Which is the church of the living God. He's living. He's alive. He orchestrates it. He's the chief shepherd making the decisions. He's the head. We're the body. The pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, Jesus justified in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. Amen. That'll preach well for Easter. Amen. What a message that is. You can do a whole sermon just on that scripture right there. What a blessing. Man, that'll fire you up. Believed on in the world and received up in glory. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. You know, uh, Paul referred to himself and all his company as word of faith preachers. He said, this is the word of faith which we preach. So really, I only trust word of faith preachers because Paul was, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. It's just safe company. My pastor friends are all word of faith preachers. All of our partners that we partner with are all word of faith preachers. They preach the word which develops faith. They're, they're a safe bunch. Out of anyone I've ever seen, they live godly lives. I can trust them. They're men and women of integrity. So that's why I partner with them and, and run with them and hang around with them as much as I possibly can. Because that, that anointing rubs off. That word anoint literally means to rub and to smear. So praise God for good men and women, uh, men and women of faith who preach the word of faith. Praise God. Is everyone getting something from this message? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So he says, some will depart from the faith, or the word of faith. Really, 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 the word of faith. Some will depart from the word of faith, the living word of God. Giving heed to deceiving spirits, those are devils, and doctrines of demons. You know, anyone who's glorifying their infirmity, their situations, their adverse circumstances, there's a demon speaking through them. They've been duped and lied to. And now they're actually becoming on the side of a devil worshiper. Because who you talk about most, you're worshiping. You talk about yourself most, you're worshiping yourself. You, you become your own idol. If you talk about God and what he's done, you're now a God worshiper. If you talk about the devil and all the trouble he's caused you, you are a devil worshiper. You are giving praises and reverence to Satan. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, God healed me from COVID. Amen. God's the healer. Amen. And the healer's in the house. Praise God. We don't worship the devil and what he's ever done. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I press forward to the call of the high prize of God. He forgot killing Christians because he said in another verse, I have wronged no man. He supernaturally forgot those things, those sins he committed so that he could go on running his race. And it's like that for every man and woman in the whole Bible. Every man and woman besides Jesus, except Jesus, we have accounts of their sin and their righteous works. For a reason. Because sin ought not hold us back from doing the work of God. Amen? 
You're the permanent righteousness of God in Christ. God don't care what sin you've committed if you've repented from it. Amen? It's cleansed and washed forever. As far as the east is from the west, you are now a new creature, a free creature in Christ. He forgot it, so should you. Amen? Paul said, that one thing I do, I forget so that I can go about my course and keep ministering, even though I missed it. We see Samson take out armies. We see Samson do things after sin. We see David, after he slept with Bathsheba, continue to rule and reign as a king. Great things and great feats after sin. Amen? So sin's not the primary focus. It says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, not sin consciousness. He was the first preacher who actually preached, you're righteous through the blood covenant. You've been made righteousness. You've been made the permanent righteousness of God forever. That means perfect upstanding no matter what your body has ever done against your spirit. Because your spirit wants to do good all the time. And your flesh don't. And you'll have that issue for 120 years. Which is why you have to feed the real you more than the fake you. The temporary you. You have to feed the eternal you more than the temporary you. Amen? Amen. That's how we rule and reign as kings in this life is by feeding our spirits. It says, the spirit of a man, Proverbs says, will sustain him in bodily injury, harm, or infirmity. But a broken spirit cannot bear it. Your recovery time is determined on how strong your spirit is. How much word you have in it, how you fed yourself, how you've taken care of yourself up to that point. That will determine your recovery time. The strength of your spirit within you. Because healing always comes through your spirit, man, and proceeds outward to your flesh. Amen? Praise God forevermore. I firmly believe I had a gnarly case of food poisoning for 24 hours. And I felt two waves. I felt that hit, thought I was going to die. <laughs> and then a couple days later, at a weak point, because I wasn't eating, I didn't want to eat, that's when I felt COVID come in. So it was two waves. The devil got me while I was down a chicken's butt. And if any of you have been suffering or healing, you won't get delivered today. Kick the devil out your life for good. Amen. Take it out on the devil's head. <laughs> I don't know about you, but test trials and afflictions sure do fire you up. After doing warfare, I mean, you're kind of fired up to kill the devil. Amen. Amen. Get him out. He ain't going to touch me again. Praise God forevermore. But warfare does something for you. It, it builds you up. Amen. you got to go through to get to the other side. Amen. And come out of victory and on top. Praise God forever. Amen. God is the healer and He's here this morning. For every creature of God, uh, speaking lies and hypocrisy, doctrines of devils, verse 2, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, lies seared into their mind, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with, with thanksgiving, thanksgiving's coming, by those who believe and know the truth. And praise God, I'm not going to have a table of beyond meat and tofu. We're going to have turkey, meat, amen, which is to be received with thanksgiving at thanksgiving, amen. Oh, bless their darling hearts, those vegan ta thanksgiving tables. We pray for them. Lord, deliver them in Jesus' name. Let them eat meat again. Praise God in Jesus' name. Let them know the satisfactory treatment of meat. For every creature of God is good. That's cow, that's rabbit, that's quail, that's pigeon, that's, it. that's every creature of God. Amen. Is good. We have a pet rabbit. 
I'm just saying, if we get hungry enough, I'm fattening them up now. <laughs> For every creature of God is good. <laughs> and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Not judgment. Thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. That's why I love Terry Myers' prayer before he eats. So thank you, Lord, for blessing our bread and water and taking sickness away from the midst of thee. So he gives God the word, and then he gives thanks. And that's what it says to do here. Everything sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Amen. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. So again, pastors everywhere ought to be teaching this. Nourished in the words of faith. Nourished in the words of faith. Get that. Words of faith the word of the living God, and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. So it's up to us to follow our good shepherd carefully. Those are true disciples who follow him carefully through the word. But reject profane and old wives' fables. Going to catch a cold? No, I'm not going to catch a cold. I don't want a cold. I'm not going to catch it. I'm going to send it back. Yes. I'm not going to catch a cold. I ain't going to catch the flu. I don't want the flu. We'll send it back. Don't catch it. Throw it away. <laughs> Reject old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. That's through the word. For bodily exercise profits a little. It's good for the here and now. But it'll only last 120 years, he's saying. But godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and in that which is to come. So this would be our primary focus. Not working out our bodies, but working out our spirit man. That's our primary focus. Physical exercise is just for earth. Godliness is for earth and eternity. So that should be our primary focus. Amen? That's what he's saying there. Praise God. <laughs> you ought to work out. You ought to take good care of your body. We're responsible stewards, it says, offering our bodies a living sacrifice to God, which is actually an act of worship. So we ought to take good care of our bodies. Amen. But even while working out, I have the Word plan. My primary focus is godliness. It's the Word. Amen. Which has benefits for my body down here and my new body up there. Amen. Dual benefits, dual kingdoms, dual citizenship. Godliness, the Word of the living God, feeds all parts of you. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all, accept uh, all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Especially of those who believe. He'll save the believer, especially. You're favored and, and of great importance to God in His sight if you're a believer. Didn't say Christians there. Didn't say who are saved. It says of those who believe, who live by faith, who believe God. For everything. Amen. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth. Again, he's 40. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. This was a prerequisite for Timothy to be a pastor is purity and to flee youthful lust. It said, it, Paul said when he got this, when he got his purity intact, that promoted him to pastor. 
you got to be pure to be a pastor. Sad we see that. People fall. Many pastors fall. Catholic Church pedophiles. I just wonder if God even appointed them or if they just appointed themselves. It's a ministry, not a business. Let's just be honest. It's a ministry. And Jesus said, The greatest of you shall be your servant. We all have a ministry. These things command and teach, let no one despise your youth, but be an example and in purity. Verse 13, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Every pastor ought to be taught under that. Give attention. Their primary focus is reading, exhortation, encouragement, and to the Word of God, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things, which means ponder, say them out loud, and think upon what you're saying to yourself. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. You're going to progress as you, as you meditate the Word and give yourself to these things, he says. You're going to progress and be promoted. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You got to be saved first to save someone else. If you're in ministry healing, you got to be healed to heal. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. If you got to have finances to minister finances, you got to be blessed first. Amen. So that's what he's saying here. You'll save both yourself and then those who hear you. Can I keep going in doctrine here? We're here, we are at uh, 30 minutes. Come on. Do not rebuke an older man talking to a 40-year-old pastor here, head of a church, which was one of the largest churches of his day in Ephesus, which is like the pre-Ephesus of the world, right in the middle of the world. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Encourage him, uplift him, restore him again as a father. Younger men as brothers. So how do you treat your brothers? Amen. Well, you would encourage them and love on them, wouldn't you? You want to cast them out, you're blood-related. You're, you're, you're yoked up forever, right? Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, which means every woman I ever see that is younger than me, it's my obligation to think of them and to treat them as I would a sister. And good thing I had a sister growing up because I have that experience. It helps. If you had a brother, you're probably better with the brethren. It helps how you were raised. So every younger woman I see, I see them as sisters. Everyone. Even the lost. Because they're my potential sister. And I can get them saved and born again, and they'll grow into the family of faith and become my, my real sister, who I'll be living with in eternity forever. Praise God forevermore. He says, look at them, younger women as sisters, with all purity. With all purity. Again, it helps to have a, a sister to walk in that with all purity. Honor widows who are really widows. The real ones. <laughs> Not the fake ones. I guess there's fake prophets, fake pastors, and fake widows. <laughs> Honor the real ones, he says. <laughs> but if any widow... So we're talking about widows here. And there's a version here people take out of context. I'll, I'll show you. But we're talking about widows here. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents. Honor your parents, first command with promise, that it may be well with you and live long on the earth. For this is good and acceptable before God, 
Now she who is really a widow, a real widow, <laughs> and left alone, trusts in God and continues in supplication and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. And verse 8 is the one that's taken out of context. We're still talking about widows here. We're not talking about wife and children. And these things command that they may be blameless, but if anyone does not provide for his own, that's the widows in his own family, and especially for those of his own household, so it goes the widows in the church you're part of, and the widows of your own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Again, he's not talking about your children and your wife. He's talking about the widows in the church and in your family here. So you can't take that out of, out of context. God is our provider. He always will be. He takes good care of our house. Amen. I'm under orders. Praise God. And praise God, He uses me to provide for my household as well. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. So again, we're talking about widows though. Do not let a widow, see, we're continuing with widows. Do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number, fed and taken care of by the church. And, and not unless she has been the wife of one man, well reported for good works. If she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet. Love the scriptures. If she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work, then take them in, nourish her, and take care of her. She's a saint. Bless her. You'll be blessed by doing it. But refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation, because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies. Well, if you ain't got nothing to do, you're going to start talking about others. Have you noticed? <laughs> but if you stay busy, amen, you probably won't be a gossiper. I'm too busy to talk about others. I got a life to live, amen? I got a business to run. I got a family to run. I'm too busy to talk about other people. Amen? So, if you're gossiping, if that's you, get a job. <laughs> Amen? Do something. Get her done. Amen? Swap, swap out that gossip with work. That'll, that'll work for you. And besides, they learn to be idle. Therefore, I desire not that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house. That's what he wants them to do. Give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully through them. Gossip. For some have already turned aside after Satan. Gossip. If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them. And do not let the church be burdened. Take it upon your own shoulders and your own family. Attend to your own family first. That it may believe those who are really, relieve those, sorry, who are really widows. Okay. Let the elders who rule well, i got to get this out. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. He gets rewarded from heaven for doing the will of God. Do not receive an accusation against an elder. Amen. An elder in a church. Do not listen to false gossip or any accusations against an elder, except from two or three witnesses. And that's what he, what he says, Paul says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. 
So even if you have a great idea and a great belief system, if you can't confirm it with at least two or three scriptures, it's false. It's wrong. You've got to get rid of it and renew your mind to the truth. You've got to have at least two or three witnesses to establish any doctrine through the scripture. If you only have one, you're off. It's on. You have to have two or three, Paul says. Amen? He himself took our infirmities for our sicknesses. By his stripes we are healed. Then we have Isaiah 53, 2. He himself, that's two or three witnesses right there. That your healing's already bought and paid for through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's two or three witnesses. If you believe contrary to that, it's false doctrine. Amen? Because we've established it through the word through three already. We are way more than that, but... Do not receive an accusation against any elder except for two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning in sin, living in sin. This is the, this is the instructions to the pastor of the church, young Timothy. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all. In the presence of all. Those who are living and continuing to live in open sin. Rebuke in the presence of all that the rest also may fear the living God and shun their sin and get back into victory on the blessing side instead of darkness and death and stay in life. It's for their benefit. Amen. Verse 21. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doesn't matter who it is, doing nothing with partiality as a pastor. Doing nothing without partiality. With partiality. Doesn't matter who's the biggest giver. Doesn't matter how someone looks. If they're in sin, they ought to be rebuked publicly to cleanse the whole church. Revival will only happen on earth when the church is cleansed of its ongoing sin, which we see happening. Pastors are being exposed. Churches are being shut down for a good reason. They're off. They've allowed sin in the congregation. Sin is in the camp. And sin will shut down any church. You can't tolerate it. The wages of sin is death, which means destruction. It will always pay those wages. Destruction and death. So to receive a great revival in the world, there has to be a great purging and cleansing of the church first so that they can be pure, unadulterated, and easily catch fire to move with the pure one, to move with the Holy Spirit, who is purity himself. Amen. You getting something online from this? I hope you are. Praise God. So open sin needs to go for God to move. That's on you and me. It affects your family. It affects the whole church worldwide. You're not just taking down yourself. You're not allowing the devil to just take down you. You're allowing the devil to take down your whole congregation. And you're going to be judged for that. There's judgment to pay for that. So if you've, had, if you've sinned in any way, <laughs> which is do it. It's better to be safe than sorry. Amen? And online, if you've sinned in every way and you're just fighting it and you're still living in it, just repent right now in the name of Jesus. Come to the altar and let Him cleanse you from every sin. Let Him heal your body. For where the absence of sin is, there is healing and restoration for all your flesh. Amen. Provision will come in. The blessing will flow again. Love will take over your heart. The joy of the Lord will be your strength again. 
with the cleansing of all sin. If you're faithful and just to confess your sins, he says, I am faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness and to make you white as snow, a clean vessel for the master's good use. Again, Timothy could not become a pastor until he perfected purity and walked and lived in it. Amen. There's a lot of character development for every person, position in the Bible and in the church. To place people in positions of leadership without character is a bad move that could cost them their jobs, their lives, their salvation, their money, everything. You have to have the character to be planted. I believe that's why we're still so small. <laughs> character development. I see so many ministers, young ones too, who shoot up like rockets or shooting stars and they don't have the, just the training and the submission and the servant heart to carry the mantle and they fall and they fall hard. I don't want to fall hard. I want to just keep growing steadily, steadily, surely and surely. Amen. If you're faithful with little, I'll make you ruler over much, he says. But if you're not faithful with little, you'll never have much. Steady progress is the way to go. Amen. Same with money. Those people who win the lottery, they're bankrupt within the first three years. The NFL players statistically who retire go bankrupt within 10 years. Ugh. Can't handle it. We can handle it. Say, I can handle it. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Yes, I can. I can handle it. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up. I charge you before God and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Treat every man evenly and the same. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Don't strike business deals with unbelievers suddenly. Don't be yoked up with unbelievers, it says. Don't marry an unbeliever. Your marriage is going to suffer. Warning, warning. If you're a church girl, <laughs> church <laughs> girl, if you're a churchgoer, don't find your spouse at a bar. Yeah. <clears throat> find him in church. Be equally yoked up. Amen? Yeah. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, even for their healing, nor share in other people's sins. They're out of, there could be some open sin that needs to be dealt with. Don't be partakers of their sin. Amen. It says keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. That's up to us. Keep ourselves pure. <laughs> Thank you for calling in with your prayer request. We can answer you momentarily. <laughs> no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. If you study that out, it was ulcers Timothy had. So even Timothy didn't get the full gospel on his healing yet. He said take a little wine for your stomach's sake for your frequent infirmities and ulcers. And then he kind of gives a little insight here. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. It's a natural prescription. Amen? Kills bad bacteria, sure. I'd rather take that actually than a prescription drug. A drug. One painkiller takes 30 days off your digestive health. So you have to restore your stomach with yogurt and probiotics, a lot of them, after you ever take a prescription, by the way, just to maintain your gut health again. So I'd probably rather have a little wine than a chemical, to be honest. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment. 
but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. And we'll start wrapping up here. We're at 43 minutes. I got time, okay? Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. This is employees and bosses now. So that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, who are Christians, if you work for a Christian, let them not despise them because they are brethren. So work hard for them. They're your brethren. They're in the kingdom. But rather serve. There's that word serve again. On your job, you're supposed to be serving. Not working. Working and serving. Get, get dual rewards. Amen? Working for the Lord, working for your boss. <laughs> Amen? Let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them. Because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Hey, you're serving the body of Christ now. That's a good boss to have, a Christian believer. Amen? <laughs> they'll treat you good. They'll pay you good. And if you serve them good, they'll love you for life. I love those divine connections. Because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. Teach and exhort these things. I was commanded to teach this this morning three times from Paul the Apostle, from the Word of the Living God. Amen? I've done my job. I hope something, someone got something from this message. Amen? We'd like to take up our offering online. And here, if you could, that'd be awesome to bless us and keep on going. We thank you for your giving. Father, we just pray over every tithe and offering that comes in here online and in this place in Jesus' precious name. We pray for the hundredfold return harvest into their lives, that they get promoted on their jobs, that they get promoted in their business, that all the works of their hands prospers. We thank you, Lord, for that seed. We pray over it. Thirty, sixty, hundredfold promised back to them. We'll stand on that promise as long as they live. We are good fertile soil, good fertile ground. I give you the praises for making this a sexually pure ministry, a financially pure ministry. Thank you, Lord, for raising us up. We give you all the praises for those who believe in us. We bless them and believe in them. Thank you for the power of partnership. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just offer up our offerings today, a living sacrifice, well-pleasing in your eyes. We say that gifts develop and quicken quickly. That you give them new ideas and concepts into all the work of their hands. How they can better themselves, their businesses, and others. And keep on excelling. Especially as the world has issues. That's really when you shine and show off. So we thank you for ideas and fresh wisdom from heaven into all the work of our hands. Thank you for witty ideas that can make someone listen in a millionaire. Just one idea from heaven. Thank you for their calling and their work that they can never retire from. Jobs come and go, but their work is forever and intrinsic, and you place that within them. Thank you for servanthood on the job, and in everything we do, hired to serve. We bless you for it, Father. Give us servants' hearts, Holy Spirit. Develop that servant heart, like Jesus said. The greatest among you shall be your servant. And let us follow you in all we do. You did not come to be served, but to serve.
Service is the way to promotion. Servant's heart. Cultivate that in every one of us and tell us what to do with it. We give you all the praises and glory for it. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Happy Saturday. Thank you for coming out and braving the 80 degree weather. We love you guys. <laughs> and bless you. And thank you, Dad and Mom, for this facility. It's beautiful, isn't it? Be outside for six years. You didn't have to move with COVID. Never shut down. Amen. What a blessing. So thank God for it.